No one book. And still, it's like I'm the last of the real. It's like I'm the last of the. Can I ask you something? Go on. What? Why were you on thirty day miles? Thirty days miles. All right, we're going to start there, but here you go. Is that a real question? Yeah, yeah, it's a genuine question. Shit. Thank you. Okay, so. Who did you not pay on time? Listen, the first thing's first, yeah. I'm not about to get drawn out over 55 pounds, okay? It was 55 pounds. Mm. He's moving mad mm. over 55 pounds. Mm. Mm. Some people. 55 pounds is a lot, to be fair. I mean... Was it hard work, though? All right, go on, at least. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. some people just, like, they are bored, innit? Yeah. They they don't really have much in their life to entertain them, so they decide to, you know, make things last longer than they really should. Mm. And the thing is about me, I'm a freelance producer, I'm a freelance production manager, so I'll work for different companies at different times, and once I've done my bit, you know, I've actually forwarded invoices, I've I've... Um, wrapped up the budget everyone's happy with the position that we're in the things are about to be delivered all of that yeah i've moved on mm. please believe i've moved on mm. i, c- I don't I, this person may still be a plus four four in my phone so <gasps> do you know like for me to now come back and kind of be investigating all these things that um all these uh accusations and whatnot can i say something have you clocked the unsaved numbers always have the most to say that's Have because they're bitter. That's why. <laughs> they're bitter. They're sad. They're bored. They're and the DP is always like a picture of a car. I don't get yeah, t- yeah, yeah. it. Or, or like a quote from like a book or like a quote from like Nelson Mandela or some shit. Yeah. No, it's real. It's real. Because this will be the one quote that they live their life by and they probably have it tattooed on their lower back or something. But anyway, um, oh. what I was going to say is that. You know what? Go on. There is an issue within the industry about people not paying invoices on time and people being underpaid and undervalued for their work and for their craft. Mm. I have to say that I'm not that person to exploit others. And I run a business to prevent these types of things from happening. Like my um, development and production consultancy is purely run on getting people into roles in television, um, plugging people's ideas with commissioners and like, you know, giving them an opportunity to actually earn some money for their IP. Yeah. So to to kind of have that accusation thrown at me, like I've intentionally not paid somebody, that really is not a fair portrayal of my character or my professionalism. Do you know who it is exactly? Yeah, of course. And it's been settled. They, they, they emailed you back after you said like... They DM'd me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They DM'd me. Um, it must have been a harsh one, innit? That must have been a deep one. Did you remember the person? <laughs> I know what it was about. Yeah. Um, and the reason that I passed it along yeah. was because, as I said, I'm a freelancer. So I, it's my responsibility to pass on your invoices. But if you've left your receipts from the invoice and that's the reason for the delay in payment then that's something that you have to take up with the production company who's hired you. Mm. Not the individual, because as I've said, I've moved on to other jobs and other things. So, you know, like, it's been resolved. They should have nothing to complain about moving forward. They've collected their £55. And, you know, they keep it stepping. So so instead of, like, taking it further, they thought, yeah, let me take it to this Instagram page. The the anonymous (laughs) DM. 
the anonymous DM before like, you can call me, before imagine. you can email me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you think, oh, let me go on this anonymous page. <laughs> imagine. Like, Even on the phone was like, she's going to see this. <laughs> well, he went wrong because obviously. That's magic. Someone actually sent it to me. It was a hashtag. Yeah. So it was it was JD who yeah. put, who actually showed me that this is what's being said. Yeah. So as soon as I saw it, I'm like, who? I put it on my story. I had to because I know you're not gonna draw me out. <laughs> I should screenshot like she was a criminal. <laughs> For real. But do you know what's mad is that he was trying to like send all these text messages like ah oh, da da da, mm. um, all these screenshots and whatnot. Um, but you know when people conveniently miss out like yeah. certain yeah. things to make themselves look yeah. better. So I've gone back for our text and I've, and I've actually said to him, um, I, I apologise like that this payment has taken so long. You know, you're, you're, it's because your receipts are missing. Yeah, um, I've moved on now, yeah. but you can take it up with this production company and, you know, they will, mm. they will sort it for you. Mm. I gave him the name of it. He had the details from the invoice. From time he was threatening to send the bailiffs around or whatever, oh. um, he clearly had all the details that he needed um, in order to chase up his payment if it was so important. But as I said, people just like to create entertainment in their lives in it, so. Master said, knock on my door. <laughs> he said he was going to ch- commentate my flat screen TV for, for his... <laughs> Like the yeah, like yeah, basically. Oh, who is that page sell by? I want to meet it, this it's guy. It's just the same anonymous people. Isn't How it? he must have been so triggered. He must be. He yeah. must have gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was. He must have gone so many late payments to, in order for him to get that page set up. But people have a right to be vexed about these things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah of course. People have a right to be vexed. Like yeah, yeah. you can't spe- You know, when you're on production. Mm. You're often working mad hours. You're leaving your house sometimes if you're traveling at 5 a.m. You're not getting home particularly if you work in production. production You're a producer, production manager, coordinator. You're not getting home until the last person has even left set. And you know what? Production teams don't even charge overtime. Like we will will get our fee and then it will be the crew who who have that um, option Mm. to charge overtime fees. So... I completely empathise with anybody who hasn't been paid on time or mm. who's put in more hours than they thought that they was going to put in and they haven't been compensated fairly. Mm. Like, I empathise with that. And as I've said, like, I've built my company so that I can actively, like, work against those things. You've, you've built your own freelance company? Yeah. How did you start that? So I realised that with the um, lack of representation in the industry Mm. um, and the demand for more um, people of colour and people from non-traditional like television backgrounds, basically people who haven't been handed their job to them from their uncle or their father or their mother or their auntie, um, I realised that there was a demand for people to have either people of colour or people who are from non-traditional TV backgrounds. Mm. There's a demand to have them on their team because mm. they're realising that uh, there's a demand for seeing more black culture on screen. Mm-hmm. But if you make black culture without black people in the room, mm. then you're going to get it really wrong. Yeah, yeah. So um, identifying that gap, um, I basically launched a company and 
we started off with a development agreement with three independent production companies. Sick. So that means that people would come to me with ideas for TV mm. and I would share those pitches with the development teams within mm. those production companies. Mm. And then some of those shows that had good potential for TV, they would get um, p- uh, paid development. Mm. So they would get it to a place where it was ready to be pitched to broadcasters, um, you know, whether that's like hosting writing rooms yeah. or um, just making a wicked treatment or, um, yeah, just like making those formal introductions so that people know that they have another option that isn't YouTube. Um, and then, yeah, like we we managed to get, I think, eight shows into paid development and I've had over 20 people into paid positions within television nice um since we launched so what year was this 2021 so literally this is so recent yeah how did you manage to set that up so quickly well it was the pandemic like everything was on fast forward and i knew what i wanted to do i was really uh production was still going on at the time yeah yeah in 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 a in a limited capacity but Shows were still having to be made. I was on a true crime series um, in 2020. Yeah. And that was for Oxygen Channel, which is like a true crime channel for America. Mm. And so our whole shoot was in America. But we, um, as Fremantle, were, or ITN Productions, we were the ones who were producing it. So everything that we did was remote. And we had to build these kits, which had Samsung phones in them. Um, like lighting and a tripod, we had to hire local runners who had some knowledge of lighting and setups. And then we would send those kits to the runners. They would go to the contributor's house, set it up for them, and then we'd film that. And it was broadcast ready. Like we made a whole program out of that. You can watch on Hey You, you. it's called Twisted Killers. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. But that's just one example of how production continued to yeah, 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 there, yeah. They, there had to be so many um people, things in place people didn't realize you could still do production work during lockdown yeah. like like online content like over zoom calls as well 100 percent. because more people are trapped at home yeah. they don't have a space where they can um if, you know they don't have yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you yeah. need new content like look at how much we consume it fast tracked a lot of people's basis. careers as well yeah i wish i started then you know yeah yeah it was it was yeah. TikTok's been around since um, Vine. It has. It has. It's been around for that long. But it wasn't popularized until we became aware of it. Yeah. But there's a lot of um, like platforms like that. Like short form content. Triller. I've, n- I've never had Triller, you know. Is that a dance app? Was that a music app? It's like short film, um, short videos, isn't it? Like short clips and stuff. But yeah. that's like one form of content, which is more like social media driven. Mm. But I like to focus more on high caliber, more TV? high value content. Yeah, I work in television. Some people ask me if I work in film. I do not work in film. You never worked I, in the film? Before? No, I have. I don't. I don't feel like that's my bag like tv is my bag because i feel like i can revolutionize this ish but whereas like with film there's more of um there's almost more of a prestige associated with it so it's really hard to like just kind of come and break down barriers because these lot have been doing it for time and they have references like they could they they will speak on their stanley kubrick 
methods. Yeah, do you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like that's what they want to do. I was gonna ask you, just touching on um, your freelance company as well. Yeah. Because the industry is so heavily male dominated as well. Mm. Um, however, it is now also more. There are more women in the industry. Warm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to know how. Did you navigate yourself? Did you find any difficulties navigating yourself in the industry or even not even with your freelance company, but more within, let's say, on set or during production on a video shoot? Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I think that what I've noticed most about women in production is that very often we are in the positions where we're um, we're controlling a lot of the logistics mm. and then men are often in the positions where they're controlling a lot of the creative. Mm. So I think that when it comes to the setup of a shoot, because of the positions that women are in, naturally they will take on a lot of the responsibility and they'll take on a lot of the blame for mm. things when it does go wrong. Yeah. Even if a woman is trying to facilitate the vision, the ambitious vision mm. of a male uh, creative, and if that wasn't to work, like for any reason, whether it's like budget restrictions or uh, just like re re being realistic about what's achievable in the times that you've set for the production, um, if it doesn't work out the way that that man has expected it to mm. then a woman will feel that she takes on a lot of the blame for that and so i think that naturally um i think there's a bit of an imbalance there because from what i see um it will be the women who are literally putting a, like all the hours in yeah. like all the hours mm, yeah, yeah. like all the hours because we're not only taking care of the production, like how the project's going to turn out, but we're also managing the people that are involved in the creation of it. Okay. And yeah, you have yeah, to yeah. accommodate for those people. You have to cater for them. So much of our job is about managing egos and mm. making people comfortable so they can do their job because it's a hard job. Like yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it like working in production is hard. Yeah, yeah. So even especially as a producer. Yeah. The producing is difficult it's the biggest it's job so and it, it it often comes with like with the least amount of thanks yeah so you know because it's like actors will get their flowers directors mm. will get their flowers um but like who's the production team and they're the ones who have like carried the whole thing on their backs <laughs> like literally so um there's definitely like there's always going to be that well i hope that it's not always going to be the case but certainly, even still today, yeah. you do see that you do see the imbalance between um, women in production and men in production. The coin is crazy. But so then, how do you like handle like difficult situations when it comes to like production? Then just calm, as calm as possible. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a high paced environment. Mm. It's really stressful. Like nobody sees pre production. Yeah. Everyone always sees the shoot. And depending on what type of program you're working on, whether it's a music video, music video pre-production could probably be about two weeks. We turn around mm. music videos in two weeks. That's yeah. cool. That's a lie. Um, I've heard. Um, oh, sorry, no, 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 just the. It's like a typical thing for on music videos that artists always rock up late. Oh yeah. It's. I I'll show yeah. one. I don't think I'll do that again. Yeah, I mean, Never yeah, again. the art. I think you. <laughs> You get to. Um, I had something happen um, on a, on a shoot this year, 
mm. which basically um, the artist showed up six hours late. <gasps> six hours? <laughs> what the fuck? That's rap time. Yeah, basically. Actually, I heard a story that Rihanna showed up, I think, 19 hours late on set. That's nearly a whole day. Later. A whole day. One later. nine. So I think that's crazy. So I think <laughs> call time. Call time was seven a.m. and I think she arrived seven p. Mm. I think this seven p.m. or that's or like I think ten. No, she arrived ten p.m. Yeah. But obviously she had to do her makeup, so so she wasn't ready. So the following yeah. day she wasn't ready until about four five a.m. Yeah. Fair play though. So, but if you're if you but if you're like smart about production, you will make contingencies for that kind of madness. Like, because a lot of artists they don't respect production teams, and that's I have a big problem with that. And a lot of people in the industry do. There's certain artists which are blacklisted, and you can't hire equipment for them, you can't hire locations for them. Um, you can't even get insurance for them because they are seen as too much of a liability. Yeah. That so is so crazy. Not at that all. Is insane. Not at all. <laughs> Certain Obviously. people in the industry, because the industry's small as well, yeah, yeah. like you already know who the like top DOPs are, like you know who the top gaffers are, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know who is able to create the the style that you want. Yeah. Um for certain artists, if you reach out to them, man, they will say no. That's insane. So the so the guy in the comedy is like, nope. Yeah. Work with him before, never again. Mate, for one production, yeah, I had to call, I think I had a list of about 18 people. Fuck off. Before I got a, yeah, I'll do it. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to have the leverage to be like, yeah, man, fuck off. <laughs> Bro, do you know how bad that makes you look? It's terrible. Because you're an artist, you don't care. Like, you, you, you're not, I you think, know what I mean? You're kind of like... You probably don't even know that they're blacklisted. <laughs> They do know, they do know, but as I said, like they don't, it's like they don't have a respect for the people who are doing their job to mm. add assets to your, to the promotion of your, you as an artist. Yeah. Like how, like people are, work, like not that we're working directly for you, but we are working for your image. We're working yeah, for yeah. your brand. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the least you could do is show up on time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the least you could do is show up on time. I think it's because they have to wait around for so long. They know what it's like before they start shooting. So what if I just arrive as soon as they just start shooting? That's low-budget mentality. That's a low-budget mentality. If you turn up... If you turn up on... (laughs) (laughs) Don't come for my boy like that, okay? (laughs) JD is wicked, all right? JD turns up on time. He's professional. He has a kit. No! No, wait, don't back him. Have you not been on one of his shoots? Mate. Oh, oh, I haven't actually been on his shoot. But he's been on mine, though. No, but it's not my fault. Like, I'm working with people that are professionals. Yeah. Hmm. So of course it's be We've worked with professionals before. Who's, who's been professional? I'm I, I can't, can't say names. That you've been on. I can't say names. Yeah, they're not professionals. Oh, they're Nah, listen, it's all love. Do you see that's it? See when they make it, I'm going to cut this clip. I'm going to send it to them. Yo, this is what your director said. <laughs> you see when he say it as well in the clip, I'm going to add my face, face, I'm going to add my chest, face. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm so dead. Also, wait, hold on. I came to her birthday and she didn't remember. Do you know how disrespectful that is? 
I danced next to you. You danced next to me? Yeah. You're lucky I didn't remember that shit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I, like, obviously, I feel like you came to my birthday... Oh, but that was the Garage Nation. Was it Garage Nation? It was Garage Nation at that Scala. That was so good. It was such a good night. Did you stay till the end? No, I left. I left. I left like... Uh, I didn't stay till the very end. You stayed with Hashim. He came for the, the Oh, yeah. No, he was no, there. No, no, no. See, that's probably where I would have remembered you. Do you know what I loved about Garage Nation? Not a single teenager or like young buck on site. Trust me. All adults. Trust me. All adults. What do you mean? We we was in a different what section. What are you talking about? I didn't see I didn't see young, I didn't see no young bucks. Ma- hey. Was you looking for them? How are we on time, by the way? Were you looking for them? I'll deal with that. Mm, 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 mm. Um, no, listen, oh, Amir. Amir, if you want me to remember you, if you want me to remember you, you have to be memorable. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know if we, maybe it was the crepe she had on that day or something. Like <gasps> I, I, I just had to reject it from my memory. But, I li- but I at least you have, memory. at least you have another opportunity to make a really good impression on me. So let's go. This is it. This is the podcast, isn't it? This is like it's the last very, of the real. Yeah, it's very respectable. The, the last of the real ones. <laughs> what is the biggest shoot you've done? Or produced, produced. Um, the there, there is one that's, that he told me about, and I'm like a huge fan of the song and the video. And oh, I, really? And I did not realize you had an involvement in it. Which one? Uh, it eight Mile. Oh, Eight Mile. Oh, yeah. H and Dig That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was my first. That, that was my tune. First oh, I kicked the crap. Oof. Have you heard the tune? Yes, it's so good. And it is so sick. That was the first video shoot that I was brought onto as a coordinator. Oh, is it? Yeah, so my boy Kareem Adeshina put me on that. I've worked with him. Yeah, he's uh, he's He's one of the the sickest producers I've ever worked with. When I grow up, I want to be like Kareem. Because he's just like, he is clinical about the way he produces, and I just respect him. And he's so ruthless. Yeah. He's such a ruthless guy. In what way? Have you heard one of. He cc'd me into one of his emails one time, like going back in response to someone. I read it. I, even I got shook. <laughs> I was like, "This, this is how yeah. you be. This is how you become a producer. Yeah. You have to be ruthless. Yeah, you do. You have to. You do. What was it like shooting that? Um, intense. It was busy. Mm. We had two days. What the first day was the setup. Second day was the shoot. We had a lot of extras, and uh, there was no lift at the location. Where is that location? Uh, it's like, what is it? It's like central. Um, it's like by the docks. Ah, okay. Um, the creative behind that must have been um, so good. It's like really central. The video is so good. The color grading, the editing. It's near BFI, basically. Oh, okay. But yeah, the video was it is is so amazing. But Wawa is an amazing director. First of all, that's Wawa who directed it. And Kareem produced it. <laughs> the fuck? I can't believe Kareem <laughs> produced that video. Yeah. Oh, if I knew, huh? I worked on him with on the uh, it was a JBL shoot, the JBL Orange Box, mm. the one that I was in. Do you remember? I had to, yeah, I had to be a super fan with Darkest. Yeah, I saw that. I was thinking, what the fuck is it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we did not talk about that video. Yeah. Really? It was by force. It was by force. Yeah. Um, your most proudest video. 
Um, hmm. I'm actually really proud of the evolution of Black British music. Okay. That's probably one of the Talk to me about that. programs that I'm most proud of. Because um, we're not often afforded the opportunity to like share our history. Mm. Um, that's what happened actually in like 2015. I remember watching um, uh, a season on BBC and it was called like the black and British season or whatever, mm. as if we're only black and British for like summer or something. And um, <laughs> like literally they, I, I was so, I was so excited to watch that yeah. um, because I was hearing and seeing on, on television for the first time, like the, um, the president of the ACS um, at Oxford University was basically on camera saying, yeah, Britain is racist. He said Oxford, Oxford University is racist. And I was like, oh, I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. So, you know, and then off the back of that, there was like, um, what's his name again? Um, David Olashoga. Yeah. Um he he like did his little history mm. um programs as well talking about like you know how black people how long black people have been in the country first of all mm. and how much we've contributed to the like infrastructure of the country like you know that it's just stories that we don't hear about when we're in school so we we always wonder you know where where we fit into all of this excuse me so um the evolution of black British music, which is streaming on my five now, um, nice. is something that I'm proud of because it shares that story that we have haven't been we haven't had the opportunity to share yet, and it showcases the legends that actually built different genres like jungle, UK UK garage like UKG UK garage UK funky, um, drill, grime, road rap like these are just some of the genres that. Mm. You know that you know that they originated within the black community, but you don't know who who did that. Mm. And then you see these people, and they're not even old. Like they're literally like the young bucks. They're not even old. Yeah. Like they're still here. Some of them are. Rest in peace, MC Skibber D. Because we filmed with him, and then like a month later, he passed. And it's just like, thank God we captured that yeah, moment yeah, yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he's just spitting, like, you can, he's just freestyling footage. during the program, mm. doing what he just does, isn't it? And it's just like, rah. And then you lose a real one like that. When did you film that? That was over December and January. Okay. How was that? It was intense, mm. but it was um, it was just great because, you know, you're working with Nikki and Femi and, like, oh, okay. they have... Um, massive reputation um, for just championing mm. everybody around them and people who they've grown up with and just putting them on. Um, so seeing them at work was just like inspirational. Um, and yeah, like it was nice. Who inspired you to become a producer? Um, hmm. What inspired me? Um, and who is your biggest inspiration as well. You can add that. Oh my god, that is such a big question. Um, I have a lot of people who I'm inspired by, but they're not necessarily like people. They're not necessarily people who are who have made like made it. Like because I feel Who's like the one that touched your heart. 
who's the one that like you're the reason why I'm here? There's not one person I can oh, attribute enough. that to. The only person I can attribute that to is my mom. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And to be fair, like my mom's a project manager and she might not work in the um creative field, Industry, but yeah. good lord. I probably got my producing abilities from her because she will make stuff happen as well. Um but like creatively, um I'm inspired by people like um Toby Cherry Mateng. It was an absolute honor to work with her. Mm-hmm. Um, what project was that on? That was How to Be a Person okay. for E4. Um, nice. That was a drama actually, which we worked on. It was a short. It was short, but one has been nominated for an award. Uh, so no, it won an award even. Um, it was an episode uh, called How to Get an Abortion, mm-hmm. and then in brackets, if you're Muslim. And it's basically like the Is whole it? series was about was a coming of age series. Yeah. So it was very like sex education esque, but particularly because the director, Cinder Agar, was just like she's so unapologetic about, you know, going through shit as a young person and just being who you are as a woman. Like, yeah. Was, was the episode aimed at Muslims? It, was, it wasn't aimed at Muslims, but there was a just the girl, yeah. um, her heritage, she's Desi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was about her relationship with her father and how he accepted that sh- that was something that she was going to have to go through, like, mm. even as a young woman, like, as a teenager. Yeah. So that was, like, you know, that was a really standout episode for the whole series, but there's five episodes there. Um, I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Toby's one of my, my inspirations. I think... Um, Addy is one of my inspirations. Obviously, she works with her husband for mm. media works, and like those two are just like amazing. Um, Gabriella Kingsley, obviously, mm. we share the same name, so I know she's doing big things for the gaps. <laughs> no, um, and Ashley Jade, obviously, the Guap Mag guys, they inspired oh, me from early. They are so Jade and Ibrahim, they inspired me from early. You're going to Guap Gala. Um, I am working a lot, so I don't think I'm gonna make it. Okay. You can take my ticket if you want. <laughs> what you got a plus one, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The I need help with my uh, costume though. Your co- yeah, you do. Even your daily. Listen, Gabby, please. <laughs> I am I am giving you so much exposure right now. If it wasn't for me, I don't think you'd be here right now. It's uh it's a fairy tale outfit. I have to wear. So what are you gonna go? Yeah. I will go, yeah. So I can't have a ticket. No. I know you ain't going as Prince oh, Charming, so you're looking for videographers. Do you know what the worst thing is? When I get invited to places, yeah, they're like, the Yeah, yeah, come, come, come. <laughs> and then they're like, Bro, have you got your camera? <laughs> 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 you know, I've got my suit and my tie. Yeah. Yeah, but if the check's right here. No, but bring your suit and tie and your camera at the same time. Facts, yeah, yeah. facts, facts. Bring we your all tuxedo. start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all start somewhere <laughs> still. Yeah. In the, in the middle of a party. You see, I've got this back problem. <laughs> it's real. One time I went to a party. Dog, everyone there was doctors. Everyone. I was like, no way. You lot are here. How did you get invited? To that party? Yeah. There's a friend of a friend. Okay. Your uncle? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of events happening. Like, what gala's going on, obviously, it's summer. Like, there's a lot of things that are just 
mm. happening for the culture. Like no signal have like they're gone popping off right now. There, like well, they were doing recess and mm. and that before. Their events but, are like, sick. Yeah, their events are they're wicked. So sick. And then I was at Danky's last weekend, which okay. was really fun. Like there was such a good show out, and there was like a lot of good looking people. I mean, the summer is doing people good. It's like, mm. hey, I see you. Um. <laughs> And yeah, like, you know what? I'll be really sad when the hot weather's done. Because mm. it's only a matter of time. I'm going to be real. I've had enough. Really? I've yeah. had enough, bro. I'm sick, bro. I'm, I've, I've, Specs, I've had enough. Yeah. I can deal with hot weather abroad, but in this country. I do hear that. We're not really well equipped for it. We're not. We're not. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. It's mad still. You see, you know how sick my winter clothing are? My yeah, winter I outfits. Like Come on, this is like, I wear shorts and tee and a new balance for, for like just for the sake of it. Yeah, you're right. Winter really is your season. 100%. <laughs> See, only, girl, only the girls picked up on that joke. Why don't you? Why don't you go? What did he say? It's okay. What else do you want to ask me? It's like, you know that meme when the girl's like, there's like equations above her head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Talk to me about um, the cons of working in the industry. Uh, the lowest points. Um, and then when you also, when you got into it, you were like, I did not expect this to happen. Or I did not um, expect to see this happen. You know what? Yeah, my um, my biggest my, you know, what really grinds my gears. When you're on production and you are so immersed in it, nah, and you, I don't really, I don't really eat sweets anyway. To be honest with you, I'm a chocolate kind of girl. Mm. So anyway, when it comes to um. When it comes to the cons of the industry, for me, um, working in production, obviously I think I give up so much of my hours that I feel like often my social life like goes missing. Cause I'll be on, I'll be deep in pre-production mm. for maybe like, if it's a pro- if it's a program for broadcast, it would be like two, three weeks in it. Two, three, four weeks. And when I'm in that mode, I'm ghost like you don't hear from me I'm not hitting anybody up I'm not really on socials like I'm literally just like out my house doing my work come home Mm. make dinner go bed repeat like literally there's no room for anything else and yeah I feel like have it because because I'm um I like being in the company of others so it's like when my social life takes a hit because of what I'm doing in my day job like that's really hard for me what about in the industry? Like within the industry? Or is it just the cons are just outside the industry? Regarding timing? No, I think that the cons... Um, I just always come back to like women mm-hmm. because I know how hard we work and I know how committed we are to making things happen. And there's always that added pressure of like what society expects of you as a woman. As in any misogyny? 
there's a lot of misogyny within the industry mm. and um unfortunately it's like people like men just don't recognize it mm. even when it's happening so clearly like in front of you yeah. and some women who have internalized that um they won't recognize it either mm. so when you point it out they don't even see it mm. and i think that's what's really hard because as as women like i you know when the whole um abortion thing happened and the roe versus yeah, yeah, yeah. thing and then yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Bare, bare people just like mm. you know in a lot of um states you you're now not able to get a safe you don't have access to a safe abortion mm. like imagine if women as half of the human race we all came together and said you know what we're not having babies no more you lot are not able to reproduce with us until we fix this problem can you imagine can you imagine i mean yeah like as women i just feel like we're so used to having our power taken from us yeah and even when we're actually the ones in the room speaking the most sense which is very often like how often we're muted and and dismissed <laughs> and <laughs> taken for idiot like it could never run if we all just came together and was like right this is what we're doing this is this is what we're doing no one's gonna fault her no one's gonna we're all committed to this and we're gonna change it like it, w- it would there would be massive changes and there would be improvements for not only women but for men as well do you voice your concerns when that comes up at work in spaces that I can, yeah, yeah, but it's political. It's political. And do you get hurt? Yeah, but then problem? people don't want to deal with it. That's brave. When I bring that shit up, that will be the first reason why I'm now told to leave the room. Mm. Like they'll silence it because it's convenient. It's like yeah, it's yeah. convenient I to can, just yeah, continue yeah. That's, that's the wild, way that man. things are. And obviously, I'm not going into detail, so it's hard yeah, to yeah, 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 um, imagine that what I'm saying even has any truth to it. Mm. But I can tell you now, mm. I, I don't. I'm not chatting shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But you know what? As we have been, mm-hmm. we'll make it work regardless. Well, of course. But it would be nice if we didn't have to struggle so hard to make this shit happen. I don't. I don't like when there's so much going on. Mm. Like I feel like I can't really just like. I can't kiki over TikTok. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I ain't even got the app on my phone. You think I'm kikiing about TikTok? <laughs> no, I can't. So like, I recognize that there are some serious issues within our society mm. and in the way that people are programmed these days. Let's take, let's take like big female influencers Okay. Um, they're using that platform for, of course, let's say clothing or whatever. Okay. And you feel like they are sh- showcasing, they should be using their platform to raise the concerns that are happening right now in society rather than what they're doing. Essentially using your platform for the good rather than... Mm, no, I don't think that anybody ha- has a obligation mm. to like speak on things that are uncomfortable yeah. for most to hear. Because I think that very often, especially as a woman, you then become subject to violence mm. and you put your life at risk. Mm. The fuck you want to do that for mm-hmm. when you could just be making your bag off of halls? That's calm. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I just f- I feel like um, 
I actually don't feel like it's it's um, an issue that women need to vocalize anymore because mm-hmm. I think that we've actually said and shown done enough what what's going on. Mm-hmm. And actually, if there were more male allies that were prepared to do as much work as women have done mm. to get us to this level of equity, yeah. then um, I feel like that could really be a game changer for a lot of of like boys. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because everything that we do influences the next generation of people. And that's why I'm so clear on my mission because I know that what I want to do is improve the esteem of our, mm. our, our next generation so that they can dream bigger and they can achieve more things and they have the confidence in themselves and their identity and like what they're bringing to the table. Mm. Like that's who I aim to inspire. So if men, some men, can also come and be that voice of reason and teach equality and teach respect and teach value and be loud about it. Mm. Like it's their voices that are going to be heard and that might actually spark some change. But obviously I read somewhere that men are emotionally attracted to other men. They might be physically attracted to women, but emotionally, no, Spikes, you lot true? are compatible. Mm. Spikes, mm, I heard that the other day. Mm. Don't look at me. So, so all I'm saying about that yeah. is that it will take men to reason, like as you lot always do anyway, it will take men to reason with other men mm. to actually change the perspective or how you view women or how you value women or, you know, outside of your immediate family. Because mm. it's really easy to say, oh, you have to respect your mum because she birthed you. Or you have to respect your sister because she grew up in the same house as you or whatever. But what about the women who you don't know intimately or you don't live with? Like, can you not extend your respect to them as well? So you think, okay, that's actually, no, no, no. That's actually a good, that's a good point. So the men should be the ones to actually vocalise rather than women. They've already done their bit. Don't you think? Because fem- like, that makes them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not, I don't sense. even want to say feminism, but no, 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 yeah, has, yeah, yeah. No, I hear, be- I hear. It's you, become hear so you. dirty. Like it's such a dirty word. Like it's such a dirty word for no, yeah, women been, to keep it's, it's going slandered. on about it, and it's like, oh, oh anti men. Oh, you lot all hate men anyway. Oh, you, you lot should just be lesbians. All right. Damn. Maybe we'd be more emotionally satisfied if we all were. Mm. How about that? <laughs> I'm half joking. I'm half joking. joking. (laughs) But obviously, yeah, I just feel like. Do you you, you think there's like a like a format or like an idea that you have in mind? Because it seems like you're quite passionate about. There's so many programs that I'm going to create on this whole topic. Okay. (laughs) You're gonna talk me through it. Can you talk about it? Um, I have ideas. I've always been inspired by like. Okay, so Erica Badu, she's got a song called "The Other Side of the Game." sick ah obviously that song like the videos for it Mm. uh the video for it the visuals for it like it's very um intimate and it's got andre 3k in it and Mm. like i've never heard anyone call him andre 3k oh really in my life (laughs) put some respect on his name (laughs) nah i love him so much um and like obviously erica's speaking on in the song, Erica's speaking on like her man being out and she's not really sure if she can continue with like supporting him because mm. obviously what he's doing is like a mad thing, isn't it? I can't. 
And so um, I would love to create a program which basically like embodies the women that she's referring to. Okay. And like, yeah, you, you know, you're seeing your man go out and he's doing whatever, like, mm. you know, he's on road or he's doing what he needs to do to make his money. He's doing what he needs to do to survive. You're obviously an accomplice to that or like you're you're involved. You're holding it down. You've been holding it down. And like, what's your story, sis? What's your mm. story? What's your story? Because when we see them represented in, okay, Top Boy, you know, as the seasons progress, okay, we see a little more three-dimensional characters for women. But the f- real three-dimensional characters that we see of women that have been done recently is in P-Valley. Have you seen that? Yo, P-Valley. Let me, oh, hold on. I'm all right though. It's on stars. P Valley on Stars will show you, yeah, it's a it's a program about strippers, mm. but every single woman in that show has a deep backstory. Like you're not missing out on anybody, anything. Like they aren't just strippers. That's that's even a that's not even the first thing that you think of when you look at these women because you know you get to know who they are behind that or aside from their career. Um, so I just feel like. Having women represented in the multi-faceted um, space that we often occupy, I think is like, that's the type of programs I'm going to be making. How, is it, what format? I think it is going to be drama. Mm. Like when I get to that point, I think I'm definitely going to have some strong writers and I'm definitely going to have like, yeah, it's gonna. It's probably gonna be a series, you know. But aside from that, like even just introduce because you have to remember that we're so early on in our stage of like celebrating our culture and mm. feeling joy when we think about being black. Like, uh, like when we were in school, it was never cool. Like people would deny that they were African. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because being Caribbean was a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> but. Like, we're still in this infancy, so whilst we're all quite um, accustomed to seeing our stories and our talent represented on our platforms and our mediums, actually the wider world and nation, they haven't seen that yet. So there's still so many stories that are still unheard and still to be explored and exposed. And so I love factual entertainment. I want to represent real people, so I'll do that I think I'll do that first Good. and then I will start to create the narratives around that. Good. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Well said. I heard you met 50 Cent. I did. Yeah. What's I didn't like? shake his hand, but basically. Um, did you give him the, the girl look like come over? No, 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 I was, I was, it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, have you got your camera? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Like I was in, I was there for um, an event called Nappe, okay. which is um, an annual TV market event, which is held in in America. Mm. And the reason I was there is because I won a scholarship um, for TV executives, is like it? aspiring TV executives. Well done, thank you. But then COVID happened, and then I didn't really get to. No, to to to, so to go to as much as what was like advertised, but um, I am going to things this year to make up for what we lost in it. But anyway, cool. um, when I was in Miami at Nappe, mm. um, yeah, they were talking about power 
and the creator of the series Courtney Agbo Kemp was there as well she's one of my inspirations to be fair nice and um I was just gassed to be in the room with these lot and then obviously they've stood up and they're like walking they're going to the to a next room mm. and I'm just like I'll be damned if I ain't in that room. Yeah. <laughs> you know the ones. Yeah. I'm like, huh? Who's <laughs> we're going? All right, cool, cool. Stay there, stay there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going now. So obviously, I've like followed them into this side room, and then it's um like they've got the backdrop and stuff like for the event. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh oh oh, Fifty's here, Courtney's here, some other producers here. Uh, who's got a camera? I'm the only person with a camera there. Oh, so I'm turning around like notes. I'm a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> More time, I, I don't actually deal in stills at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. but I'm like, yeah, oh. I got camera. <laughs> They're like, cool. You need to take these photos now. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Someone get a flash up because <laughs> I don't know how to operate. <laughs> but yeah, I I took photos of them. They did their red carpet moment. I was the photographer, mm. and um, yeah, that was lit. Did you speak to him? No, I didn't speak to them. Okay. But you built your connections. They looked me in the eye. Yeah. Oh. That's what you need sometimes. So they know you exist now. Just That's all that matters. 50 mm. knows you exist. Somewhere, yeah. <laughs> when I re- reunite with man, obviously, that would be a good story, won't it? Oh, yeah. But did you <laughs> but did you make connections with them? Did you like, take their details or not? Did you speak to them at all? No, like one of their PR people approached me and was like, okay, with these photos or, oh, or, or oh. with these photos, um, I'm going to need you to send them to me in the morning. Okay, like oh. straight away. <laughs> I'm going to need them in the morning. Uh, here's my email address. <laughs> I'm like... <"Okay." laughs> They're so jarring. Just my email address. <laughs> yeah, auntie, auntie, auntie. Um... You talked to me about you, me, and Burner Boy or working with them. Yeah. What was that for? Um, so we did a Havana Club um, campaign. Obviously, nice. he's released his bottle and stuff. Isn't that Skep's bottle? No, Skep was one of the um, like one of the ambassadors for Havana Club. But oh. I think that was like a couple of years ago now. I think that was like last year or something. A couple of years ago, anyway. Oh, is it? So, so okay. obviously, they've done like a Burner Boy bottle now. Mm. Yeah, so we produced the promo for that. What is Havana? Havana Club. It's rum. It's rum, yeah, yeah. You should know. Why would I know? Um, you're literally like Jamaican, so. All of that stuff is that, yeah. Not every Jamaican drinks rum. Oh, please. Fake news. Fake news. But yeah, that was a good I'm actually surprised you don't know that one. Bro, Havana's everywhere. Every artist is holding the ball. Tell me about... Trust. strain. <laughs> you know, back at oh mate, you probably got a catalog of it. Of what? The read strains. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no, that Havana Club shoot was good, but we pulled it. T- we pulled it together really last minute. Mm. Shout out to Lena. Lena's one of my inspirations as well. Mm. Um, and uh, she's wicked. You know what? Yeah. Lena's wicked. Don't, ev- don't ever forget about Lena Ben Shadok, you know. Okay. Is she is she luck as well? Is she who is she? Looty. Looty. Is she Looty? Yeah. I ran into her on a random thing on Central. It was like a New Year's or something. I was shooting. Mm. And I met her. She was with another girl, Fleur. Fleur, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For um, We Are Lola. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Because they were saying, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I love those girls, like those women, they're doing big things for like indie, like to represent indie production companies. Um, They just hosted, I say hosted, but they had, they co-produced um, Central Seas thing for Lyrical Lemonade. Oh. And Lyrical Lemonade, obviously, Cole Bennett, like he's got a massive reputation as well. Jeez. But yeah, they're doing wicked, like those girls, mm. you better come correct. Dumb. Is that who you want to work with? Who do you want to work I with? I do. I have worked with them. Central C. No, I worked with um, Lavinia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked with Lavinia. I work with Kerrin. I love Kerrin as who well. Who do you really want to work with? Who do I really want to work with? Right now. Um, I really want to work with Jen Nakiru. I really want to work with Jen Nakiru. She's a fantastic director. She does documentaries. She did um, Daughters of the Dust. Oh, phenomenal movie. You sound like my English teacher. Love it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just get passionate. You know what I mean? What about an artist that you want to work with? Oh, an artist? Yeah, someone that Specs might know. <laughs> that limits me quite a lot. Yeah. To be fair, am I limited to drill only? I, I would I would work with Lavida Loca. I would work with Trillery Banks. Okay. I would work with Ruby Rose just because Ooh! I think she could perform. Um. Can I? No, can I? Can I? Can I wait, no, you do the video. I do the stills. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. No, I would I would work with Meg because I think she's wicked, Megan as well. I would work with um I would I've worked with I've sort of worked with Miss Banks before, but I would love to work with her again. Have you worked with Skepta? I haven't like I haven't worked on a shoot with Skepta, mm. um, but I do work with his company, Big Smoke. Ooh. So I have a couple of projects in development with Big Smoke, so um, working with a wider team um, in order to basically change what, the game. What, what does Big Smoke do exactly? That's a very good question. Big Smoke is a creative entity yeah. um, which embodies a few different uh, companies spanning across fashion, art, music, um, production, PR. Um, it's like a hub of creativity. Mm. And it's led like by Skep. So his vision always comes first. And that's what's really special about it because you know he just understands what, like, he just knows what he's doing at all times. Like, man moves correct. And we all facilitate his dreams in it. Well, what, what, what's he creating exactly though? Is it just regarding mm, music? I bet you want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you do. Mm. Yeah, you're going to have to wait on that one still. Before we wrap up, because you've got not much time. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your involvement in the Euros. In the Euros? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, wow. my girl, my day one, is the captain of the England ladies team, yeah? And they fucking brought home that trophy, yeah? They brought it all the way home, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you better get to know Leah Williamson. Mm. Big, big news. Big news. Did you have any involvement in the Euros? Um, yeah, only... My is it? Yes, Gary. I can't stand you. What? What, you didn't see me on the pitch? <laughs> giving it all of that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, I wasn't a striker. Yep. 
I wasn't a striker in the Euros. Yeah. But obviously, like back in the day, me and Leah, like if she was playing for the school, mm. I was playing with her in it. Like we won county cups. Yeah, like yeah. we did our thing. And I was always there on the pitch, running alongside her. Um, Can you believe they brought it home, bro? <laughs> Flipping heck. Yeah, we did. Where's the man? Sorry, though? but the women achieved what the men couldn't do. Where's the man though? But wait, 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 wait. There's a serious conversation that needs to happen here because, right, yeah. Chat to me, chat to me, go on. For the first time ever, we're actually seeing women being, um, women's football being supported on a commercial yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. And there has never been so much like mm. investment into mm. that area of the industry as we're seeing now. Yeah. And because we've achieved such a massive win, we can't go back. Like, we can't go backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the World Cup now yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be mad. Oh. The World Cup is going to be crazy. I'm trying to see everybody at their local pubs, watching the women kickball on the screen. Wait, wait. who? D- huh? You're here for it? Yeah, of course. Say, yeah, yeah. Fucking who do you support? Do you watch football? I support Arsenal and England. Actually, no, I didn't know that about you. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've been at Arsenal. I've been a gooner my whole life. Literally. Ugh. Never mind. It's fine. You brought me to East. Mm. I don't live in East. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but I, I, why, why is the problem with East? Why, why does everyone hate East? Why uh, is it so attacked? It'd be better if you ask me what's good about East. Narrow it down a bit. There's Wendy's. Is there? These I don't know. Shakira. Oh, have you had Wendy's? No. Oh. Wendy's. Wendy's is. There was a Wendy's in Wembley. No, that's not Wendy's. Oh shit! Right, Gabby. Before we wrap, tell me about any upcoming projects. Anything that's on the way? Okay, so I just I just finished um, filming a documentary of Cz Mills that's going to come out in uh, Black History Month. Nice. So that will be out in October, and then uh, we're about to go into filming on Blue Therapy for Channel Four as well. Um, that's been very interesting. I can't believe Channel Four bought that. Yeah, they fucking did. Oh, wow, Bro, that shit blew up on Instagram. That's mad. Mm. Mm. Yeah, one YouTube fam, and it's like, and the idea is so simple. Mm-hmm. Just couples, that, but that's the key. I'm sorry, but that's the key. You remember how excited I got about formats earlier? Yeah, yeah. So that's the key to a format mm. is having something very simple, mm. which is repeatable mm. in any territory for any culture so you okay. can literally take blue therapy and translate it into any, into any oh language you can put any type of therapist in there you can have any type of couples in there and you will continue to earn off the back end as the creator key to format isn't just about dubbing because you're actually gonna um you're gonna make it relevant in the culture that you're selling it to yeah. So you have to have like people that they like to have and see on screen, and, <laughs> and they need to be spoken to. Like, for example, um, on our show, we might have a couple which um, has like an aspect of polygamy, and like mm. you know they have a very open relationship. Yeah. But then in another culture, like you could never even talk about that mm. shit because it's like one man to one woman, in it. Mm. Or in another culture, you might have one man to like five wives. Mm. And then that's a whole different conversation. So, but the same principle applies. And then you, you, that's how, as a creator, you get in your bag. Amazing. Really well said. Gabby, I wish you all the best. 
Thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Specs, as well, for bringing Gabby on as well. Oh, a round of applause for Specs. Oh, we're applauding him. Shakira's involved as well. I really took my nails. No, you don't need to talk about it. You can just, uh, you can just appreciate it. Did you do them yourself? No, I just like support art in it. Let me see your your right thumb. What's that? Naranaki. Yeah, this that's girl sick. had a tennis ball on her finger one time. Did I? Oh a tennis God. ball. It was a fluffy tennis ball. Oh yeah, I did. I did have a fluffy one. Why? Why? How did you go about your day with that on your flipping? No, it was removable, so you can put it on and take oh, it off. We thank God for that. <laughs> but it was really cute. Thank you though for having no me. No worries. Appreciate it. You're more than welcome.